0: Once again, I was told that if you can't explain your theology to a school-aged child, then you really don't understand your theology. So I'm going to attempt that this morning. (laughs) I'm going to attempt to explain what we are going to participate in at the end of our service, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, uh, communion. And and I'm going to try to explain it in a way that, that if you're younger in this audience with us this morning, hopefully it'll make sense with you. If you're new to the faith and you consider yourself a child in the faith hopefully this most important thing that we do uh, will begin to make maybe a little bit more sense to you. And in order to do this, I'm going to be using a few props, and I'm going to be taking you all back to your childhood. All right, so again, if you are a young person, this is going to make immediate sense. If you're a little bit older, you're going to have to really check into those memory banks um, and try to remember back to the days when this was um, going on. Now, if you've been Christians, uh, and also I'll throw this out, there is a, a program called thebibleproject.com. Raise your hand if you ever heard of it. I am taking this message pretty directly from thebibleproject.com, and I, and I tell you that um, to let you know that I'm not plagiarizing, first of all. Second reason I would tell you that is, is if you are working with children or if you are working with young adults, if you're working with somebody new in the faith, thebibleproject.com, write that down. It is an incredible tool. Um, I'm not sure who produces it, but it's a series of short little videos that explain overarching themes of the Bible. They explain the themes of the different books of the Bible, just a beautiful way for your kids. Kids, your grandkids, um, the, the neighborhood kids, if you're telling them stories, you know, you have some kind of point where you, you can share stories with them. The BibleProject.com is your go to tool. It will help you. Don't, don't show them the video, you act out the video, right? And that's what I'm going to attempt to do this morning. So if you've seen the video, um, don't judge me. <laughs> so again, if you've been around Christians, you understand that we talk about having a relationship with God that's what we talk about um and according to scriptures you can think about God as a master you can think about God as your teacher you can think about God as your friend you can think about God as your father that's probably the more the most the one that we most often hear about God our father in fact whenever I pray I always kind of start at heavenly father it just kind of gets me zeroed in um and and these are all true terms that we can use as we relate to to God um but there's another facet in our relationship with God that doesn't get nearly as much attention and that is God as our partner, right? And this whole point of this series is um, we're better together and what does it look like to partner with God and then what does it look like to partner with each other? So that's where I'm going with this whole series. Um, and in the very beginning of the Bible, this is the relationship that we see. Um, God creates human beings to partner with him to spread more goodness throughout the world. That was the point of the partnership. He could have done it alone. He chose not to. He chose us. He chose to work in and through us to bring goodness to the rest of the world, this is an amazing thing. We see this in Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. It says, "The Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden." Okay now right there, we understand something right away, the garden. It, 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 God didn't place him on the earth. Very specific here. Place him in a garden, meaning a, a place that had already been cultivated, and the right stuff was planted there, and the wrong stuff wasn't planted there, and it was a completely controlled, beautiful place. That was prepared and god says i'm going to partner with you and you're going to take care of what i've created so i create you care i create you care and this this is going to be kind of our, our partnership um but unfortunately here's the problem as human beings we don't like partnering with anybody let alone god that's just the human condition we talked about that in sunday school this morning uh, we all go to church we want to be good but sometimes we just we we, we don't right we're not good. Um, But God calls us to to partner with him. Anyway, so um, as human beings, we don't want to partner with God and we rebel. And we try to create a world on our own apart from God. And so the reason we're stuck in this world and the reason why there are so many mean people in this world is because this world has decided to break their relationship with God. That's the gist of the problem. Now, thankfully, the rest of the Bible explains how God... Is going to fix this broken relationship, and once this broken relationship is fixed, the idea goes and the reason follows is that once we're fixed, the world can be fixed through us, in and through us, and that's what God wants to do, in and through us. Now, one of the first steps God takes in preparing in in, in um, repairing this partnership is to select one person out of many, and to make a new partnership with this called a, a covenant. Put that next slide there. A covenant. And the purpose of the covenant is to somehow use the covenant relationship with this person to renew his partnership with everybody else. Kind of a representative kind of thing. Um, and in this covenant, God makes promises to these people and he asks them to fulfill certain commitments. So God promises the folks something, and we've got to do something. And what we're going to look at this morning, is we're going to look at the five major covenants of the Bible. And, and in case you're thinking, is, and, and this is kind of maybe where some people's heads have gone, I'm not going to go into and I don't believe in covenant theology. This is just a way of viewing God's word through the covenants. So if you're kind of in the back of your mind thinking, is this where he's going? He's not. And you'll quickly recognize that if you know anything about covenant theology. If you don't, don't even worry about it, right? So here are some of the, the, the major covenants of the Old Testament. One was with Noah. One was with Abraham. One was with Moses, but it was actually with the whole nation of Israel, the whole, all the, the, the 12 tribes uh, that make up the, the tribe of Israel. Um, one, was the, and one was with King David, and then we're going to talk about the new covenant, right? This is Jesus speaking the night before he's crucified. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2, verse 20. It says this, in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant, and immediately they would have recognized all these previous covenants that didn't work out. And they know this. And they're hearing, oh, another covenant. Oh, good. Another one that we can fail at. And this is what they're hearing. A new A new covenant. Now, I'm going to come back to this new covenant in a little bit, but for now, the important thing for us to remember this morning is the purpose of all these covenants, hit that next slide there, is to serve in creating a new partnership or a family into which God can eventually invite all of mankind. This is the purpose of the covenants, to establish a relationship with one, eventually establish a relationship with the many. Now, this morning, I know for a fact that a lot of people feel like they don't belong in this new family. Maybe maybe you're one of those people where you feel like, I don't deserve to be in this new family. Maybe people have told you you don't belong. Maybe you started attending a church and somebody came up and said, you know, if you continue to attend here, you need to this, that, and the other thing. And maybe this morning you're on the other side of that door, and maybe, if you're honest with yourself, you stopped somebody you maybe did something. And I've heard some of you testify to me personally. I used to be that person who made people feel unwelcome, like they don't belong in this family. And every person I've talked to, they feel horrible about it. And, and at the same time, they feel fantastic that God has brought them along and, and has matured their understanding of his love. And they're, they're, they're kind of proud of the fact, and they should be proud of the fact of where they are now compared to where they, where they were and so this morning, before I pray for you all, and, and, and again, this, this is your time to speak to God too. Um, if, if you're feeling like you, you're showing up here and you still feel unwelcome, and maybe it's, maybe it's not on you, maybe it's somebody who said or did something and I apologize for them. But more than anything else, if you feel like you don't belong or you don't deserve this incredible new family that God is, is pulling together, um, this, God went to incredible lengths to make sure that you are accepted. Um, great lengths to make sure that you know that you're loved, regardless of what people say, because people are broken because they broken relationship with God. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. You do belong. This says that you do belong. Don't ever forget that. What I want to do, I just want to open with a word of prayer this morning. I'm going to then sit down. Uh, We're going to sing some more songs to our, our creator and our savior. I'm going to come back up and I'm going to dig into these four covenants with Noah, with Abraham, Moses, and King David. And then we're going to get to that new covenant but if y'all you bow your heads for just a moment this morning, um, and I, again, and if you're struggling with, do I belong or have I ever led somebody to feel like they don't belong? During this next couple minutes, would you just, where you're sitting, kind of be alone with God? And if you need to apologize, if you need to make a commitment, if you just need to have a quiet little conversation, is that, is that what I did? Oh, um, this is that time right meet with your heavenly father who so loves you that he wants to make sure that you feel a part of the family but he wants to make sure that you welcome everybody else into his family too um it's a it's a huge two-way street so father this morning as we prepare to share in the eucharist the last supper um help us to examine our hearts um If we've been judgmental, if we've been unwelcoming, Father, right now, would you forgive us? And we commit to repentance. We commit to not coming to you tomorrow and then the next day with the same apologies, but, but we commit to changing our direction. Um, start moving in another direction, <laughs> different from the one that we had been moving, which was away from you and away from your family. Father, help us in our conversations, in, in the way we live out our lives each day, uh, help us just scream that God loves people. God loves all people. And he welcomes them all into his family. Um, and he welcomes them through us. He extends his invitation through us, Father. And, and if we don't present that invitation right, then people lose out on eternity. So, So this morning, right here, right now, Father, examine our hearts, examine our our souls, call us to task. Do we really love, or do we really love ourselves? Do we love sacrificially and unconditionally as you call us to love? Father, and and you know we're human, we know we're, we're human, we're living in a broken world, people influence us, but Father... By the power of your spirit, continue to show us truth even when it hurts so that we can give people the grace that they need. Sometimes they don't need the truth right away. They just need to be loved. So, Father, help us to put love in front of everything else. And then you can do what you do if we do what we do, what we're called to do. And that's just to share what you've done in our lives that you made us feel welcome when we once felt unwelcome. When we were once on the outside, you invited us onto the inside. Father, that we would be Christ-like this morning, that we would learn to be more Christ-like this morning. When we walk out of here, that we would be just a little bit more like Jesus. Um, and we're only going to be able to do this by the power of your spirit. So we, we ask to be filled right now with your spirit, be filled with your love and your compassion. Help us to see what you see and feel what you feel. Because that attitude that we develop will make all the difference in joyfully giving or bitterly giving. Father, protect our attitudes, protect our hearts. Be with us as we continue to sing praises to you, Father. Hear our hearts, hear our cry, but hear our praise too. Thank you, Father. In your son's name I pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to have to go back in time with you. You're going to have to go back to when you were a little, little baby. I don't know if you were aware of this, um, but your parents made an agreement with you the day you were born. My guess is you did not wear, were not aware of this agreement um, because mommy and daddy loved you so much. They so loved you. Um, they kind of made an, a covenant with you, right? And again, you probably don't remember it because... Yeah, you were like that big. They made a covenant with you no matter how good or how bad you were, that they would love you no matter what, right? And they put a sign in the neighborhood to make sure that the whole neighborhood knew about this covenant, this agreement, and it's called a stinking garbage pail, right? All the neighborhood knows what house has a baby in it because when you take a walk and you walk by that trash can, whew, That's the sign that mom and dad had made an agreement, a covenant. And they put a sign out for the neighborhood for all to know. Now, did you know in much the same manner that God made a covenant with a guy named Noah? God had just flooded the world to get rid of all the evil in the world. And Noah and his family were the only ones left. And that God so loved Noah and his family that he made a covenant with Noah. Kind of like the covenant that he made with, that your parents made with you when you were a little baby, right? No matter how good, how bad, you, and you really weren't that good. No, I'll, just, I'll just be honest with you, man, like, like you pooed a lot. Okay, so that's not good. That wasn't pretty. That wasn't, whoa, that's not sweet. That, that, that's the bad end. All right, so just, just make sure we're all aware of this. In Genesis chapter nine, verse 11, here's the covenant that God made with Abraham. I will establish my covenant with you. Never again will life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. In other words, I know that you people are gonna continue to be unfaithful and really, really lousy to each other, but you know what? I'm gonna continue to be faithful no matter what. I'm never going to punish you like I did before. So if, like if you're a farmer, Right, And you're thinking, you know, I'm not bad. He's probably not going to punish me. But my neighbor, what a loser, right? And so every time God punishes him, there go my crops. I'm going to get flooded out, right? So why, why plant, right? Because you got an idiot neighbor who you know he's going to get punished. But God says, you know what? I'm never going to do this again. So live your lives. Plant your plants. Grow your families. I'm never going to do this again. I love you so much. I will never punish you all again, even though I know you deserve it. That's a good God. That, that's a good. Can I get an amen for a good God like that, right? It's an amen. Right, here's, here's kind of that, that the picture of, of the, the covenant um, with Noah. Now, now we gotta be really, really and God did put a sign for the whole world to see, just like He, your parents did, right? It's hit that next side, it's the rainbow in the sky. And what does Noah have to do? Nothing. 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 There's no, nothing on his end that he really has to do. God is just going to, he promises to be faithful, right? He knows the humans aren't going to be faithful, but he promises to be faithful anyway. Now, like I said, let's go back to your childhood. Because mommy and daddy loved you so much, because they so loved you, they entered into a second agreement with you. And I, again, I'm not sure you're aware of this. Now, if you think back, you'll probably remember this agreement, right? This was the second agreement. Um, and in this agreement, you weren't free. Right? You had some responsibilities. It's called the house rules. You had to start following house rules and you had chores too. And in this agreement that your parents made with you again I don't you probably don't remember signing that agreement but but you were made a party to this agreement. There would be rewards and consequences now. With the first agreement there were no really re- you just got all rewards no matter how bad you were. You just got loved. But on this second agreement, y'all got to behave. <laughs> It's a little heavier. There's rewards if you obey, and there's consequences if you disobey, right? And again, why were all these rules? What was so important about all these rules? So that you could partner with God in spreading goodness to the rest of the world. That was the whole point of these covenants, right? He picks one person, makes a covenant, and through that covenant with that person, he blesses everyone in your neighborhood, everyone in your home, everyone around you. And did you always obey? you lie okay she needs she needs forgiveness right bam boom no you didn't always obey and here's the crazy part in much the same manner because god so loved the world that he made a second command second covenant with us too he made a covenant with a guy named abraham this time around he chooses this guy named abraham he promises to bless him give them this huge family like as numerous as the stars in the sky and all he asks in return is that Abraham would raise up his family and train them to do what is right and what is just. This is, this is in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It says this. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed Through you. And again. Because we're making this very very clear. To school age mentalities here. Why did God make this covenant with Abraham? To bring his blessings to all the family of the world. Through this one family. Representative covenant for everybody else. Well again just like you as youngsters. Abraham's family didn't always obey. And there were consequences. Now as I said before. Because your mommy and daddy so loved you. They entered into a third agreement. Now, this one you definitely remember because this one you fought against. You fought against big. This was when you were a teenager, right? Third kind of agreement. Now, not only do you got to follow the family house rules and not only you got chores, but now there are some rules that you got to follow when you leave the house, right? You can go to that place, but you can't go to that place. You can go to his house, but you can't go to her house. And there's all these rules that when you go over there, make sure you say thank you, make sure you eat all your, you know, all these rules that are kind of transferred from the house to your to your bigger to your bigger world. And again, <laughs> there are rewards for obeying, and you remember those rewards. And there are consequences; you probably remember them better for not obeying. Maybe you got your door removed. And why all the rules? so you could partner with God in spreading goodness throughout the world. You guys are doing really good. I'm going to have to be, you're going to have to be louder this one. I, I covered it for you on that one. Now, did you always obey? Thank you very much. And in much the same manner, God so loved the world that he made a third covenant agreement with these people. And this one was through moses but it was really with the entire the 12 tribes known as the the as israel right so it's called the mosaic covenant but it but it's really with the 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 whole the whole nation um, and this is again with Moses, his, his family, uh, Abraham's family had grown up. It had been to become a family of tribes uh, led by a guy named Moses, right? And again, this covenant is actually made with the whole nation of Israel right there. And if you obey God's guidelines for living together in partnership with him and with one another, then God promises to bless them, right? They will become a people that represents him as he blesses the rest of humanity. That's an incredible privileged position to be in, they were called to be a special people, God's special people. This is from Exodus chapter 19, verses 4 and 5. It says, now if you obey me fully, this is the Mosaic covenant speaking to all of Israel. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now, again, just kind of kind of separate some of these covenants. The, the focus for Abraham was what they had to do to inherit the land. But with this, that was that covenant. But with this covenant, it's more of, it's not, they've already inherited the land. Now it's, how do you behave when you're in the land, right? How, this is the tough one, by far the tougher one. Um, and again, just like, just like when you were youngsters, the Israelites, they didn't obey. And there were consequences, Again, again, because your mommy and daddy so loved you, a fourth covenant was made with you. And you probably remember this one too. Now, not only do you got to follow all the house rules, not only you got to follow all the rules when you leave the house, um, but from now on, whether you follow the rules or disobey the rules, the consequences and the rewards will be in the lives of the people that you love the people that are coming up under your brothers and your sisters in a way your reward for obeying will be watching your little brothers and sisters obey and be blessed and your consequences for not obeying will be seeing the people around you that you love seeing them disobey and seeing them having to experience consequences because of you so this is a heavy this is a heavy This is a big covenant. And again, why all the rules? So that you could spread, partner with God and spreading goodness throughout the world. And did you always obey? No. Well, God made a fourth covenant with a guy named King David. King David. The 12 tribes of Israel had become a nation. They were the nation of Israel now. King David was their king, right? And after they had disobeyed the commandments of the previous covenants, God made a covenant with King David basically to bring everyone back into that covenant love relationship with himself and he asked king david and his descendants the rest of the kings to represent him to the people and to obey the rules and then the people would also obey the rules and then he would be blessed and the people would be blessed and god promised that one day one of david's descendants would come and extend god's kingdom of peace and blessings to everybody This is in 2 Samuel chapter 7. It says this, verse 15. But my love, and this is God speaking to David through the prophet Nathan. But my love will never be taken away from him, my son Jesus. He's talking about a descendant of David. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul whom I removed from before you. Your house, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. This is one of those covenants. there there were, there were uh, consequences for disobeying. There was rewards for obeying, but this is kind of like the Noah covenant. Well, actually the other ones, they all had a certain element of promise that even when we disobeyed, God kind of came through. Why? Because he so loved us. He so loved us. Unfortunately, Israel breaks every single covenant. They worship other gods, they allow horrible injustice, their land gets taken away from them, and they get forced into exile. Kind of feels like all hope is lost. They're not even in their own land. They don't have their temple and, and and according to their theology, God resides in their temple. He doesn't just reside in the air. He's he has a place. Well, now the temple's leveled. Meaning that God is no longer their god. And he's no longer in their mind. Now God did not ever say this, but in their minds, God has left the building. We're on our own now. It appears to be hopeless. But despite despite the failure of God's people to live up to the covenants that they had made, the prophets continued to talk about a day when God would usher in a new kind of covenant that would restore all of these covenants, this new covenant, very different kind of covenant. Listen to this. This is in Jeremiah chapter 31. He describes, this is one of the prophets describing this new kind of covenant covenant says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah, northern, southern. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Covenants. Though I was a husband to them. And he uses that language a lot, like a husband and wife. And if somebody's unfaithful, they're cheating. They're cheating on each other. This covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. You remember that little phrase right there? I will be their God and they will be... That was part of this one. That was a part of this. That was a part of all of them. And they all didn't live up to... They didn't allow him to be their God and they were not his people. But in this covenant, I will be their God and they will be my people. Why? Because God so loved the world. And this is where Jesus comes in. Jesus is the only one that can fulfill all of these covenants with all these different people, all these relationships. He's the only one that has, that can deliver the goods, right? We could not deliver the goods. We were simply weren't able to deliver the goods, but Christ is able to. So we're told in the Bible that number one, watch this, number one, that Jesus is a descendant of Abraham, which allows him to fulfill that one, that one was never lost. Remember, we're all good on that one. But the, the, the Abraham covenant, um, Christ is able to fulfill this covenant because he is from the family of Abraham. So in Christ Jesus, we have all the blessings of that family. Finally, we get all the blessings of that family going to the whole world because Jesus fulfilled this covenant that the people had broken. That's, That's an amen. Amen? That works. That works. Um, now we're also told that Jesus is from the line of king david no wait a minute um he's from the he's a faithful israelite and where they were not able to follow all the laws he was able to follow all of them all the way down to the very final final one and because he was able to fulfill this covenant because he was an israelite so he's a part of this covenant that allowed him to fulfill that covenant and jesus is going to bring the blessings of that tribe to the whole world so now we have the blessings of this family because of Christ Jesus. We get the blessings that this family was supposed to get. Now we all get those blessings. And because of Christ Jesus, what the Israelites were supposed to be blessed with, that they weren't, um, because Jesus is the faithful Israelite, we get to experience all the blessings of this covenant. It's reestablished. This one is reestablished. Let's wait for that last one there. And finally, we're told that Jesus is from the line of King David which allows him to fulfill the covenant fulfill the covenant that he had made with King David. So now Jesus goes about extending God's kingdom and justice and peace to the whole world. All these covenants that one stayed, these three covenants the people broke. In Christ Jesus in the new covenant they're all fulfilled in him. He is the new covenant. Jesus is the new covenant. He invites us all to follow him and join him in this new partnership with God. It's really a new covenant family is what it is. We're not joining a religion. We're not joining anything else. We're we're actually being invited to join his eternal family. And despite our commitments, besides our, regardless of our, Commitment failures, I mean, that's the only thing we can, we can call it, We're able to enter into this new covenant thanks to the fact that Jesus himself was able to keep all of the covenants when nobody else was. Jesus himself is the new covenant. And understand something, this is, this is where the people are wrong. Oh, no, another new covenant. In this covenant, you can't break it. There's nothing that you can do wrong to break this covenant because it wasn't built on your right or wrong. It was built on Jesus Christ's right and no wrong. Right? So you're, 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 we're, we're almost back to this original covenant with Noah. Um, you're good to go. Right? God loves you so much. Even when you mess up, he's just going to continue to love you. That's good news. Get in an amen. Get an amen. Amen. All right. I want to read this last passage together. This is from, kind of, I've been alluding to it, but this is something that you just want to read to your kids and to your grandkids just constantly. This is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. You know what, let's read this together. If you all look up here, I think it's on the screen behind me, and I'm going to kind of time it out, so maybe we'll all say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life life that's good news that is amazing news and what I want to... father thank you for either beginning or continuing or sustaining that relationship thank you that your son sealed that relationship and and it can't be broken we can't mess this one up thank you for paying the price for this incredible gift your son's name i pray amen folks have a wonderful day and a wonderful week thank you so much for being here